بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أخونا محمد جزاه الله خير يعني هي gave a brief intro to what we're going to talk about today and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to begin, I'd rather not begin with my words, but with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Imran, بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وسارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنة عرضها السماوات والأرض عدة للمتقين الذين ينفقون في السراء والضراء والكاظمين الغيظ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهِ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ أُولَئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَجَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَنِعْمَ أَجْرُ الْعَامِلِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens these ayat by saying wasari'u It's a command It means to rush To run To hurry To hurry to what? Ila maghfiratim min rabbikum To the forgiveness of your Lord Now we understand Quran from the context of the whole entire Quran. So sometimes we pull ayat together to get a better meaning. In Surah Al-Hadid, there's a similar ayat where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wasabiqu ila maghfirat min Rabbikum." And sabiqu and sariu, sabiqu means to race one another, literally try to be, try to precede one another because sabiq is procession. To precede somebody. So in one ayah it says precede one another. And the other ayah says rush. So we understand from this context it means race, compete. Compete with one another. Compete with one another for what? For the mercy and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And competition in good only leads to good. If it is done for the sake of Allah. Inshallah I'm going to say that one more time. Competition in good only leads to khair only leads to good when it's done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when I was younger me and a couple of my peers we competed with one another on the hifth of Quran on, understand, on memorizing Quran we were racing one another to see which one would finish first and it only brought us closer together See, competition when it's when it's when the subject is akhirah and when it's done for Allah's sake only to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy, it could only bring two brothers together closer, love each other more. But competition in dunya does the opposite. Competition in wealth, competition in it could even be sports, it could be an education, business, whatever. Whatever the case is, who has a better car, who has this, who has that. 
it only leads to hatred of one another, competing with things that are superficial, things that, will leave, that we will leave behind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described this dunya as mata'. Anybody know what mata'a means? Mata'a means something that you use one time and you throw it away. After I drink this bottle, I could use it again. But a better example is not this bottle. A better example is probably a one-time use plate. Right? Do we use those styrofoam plates once again after we're done? No. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described this dunya as. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really cared about this dunya, do you think the billionaires of the world would be the worst people? It would be the people that are in the front lines praying in the masjid. The billionaires of the world would be the Muslims, the people closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't care about this dunya. So he gives this dunya to whom he wills. And that is from his own hikmah, his own wisdom, and his own decision. So this dunya means nothing to us. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding us to race one another in khayrat, in good. To his forgiveness. And a garden as vast as the heavens and the earth. Prepared, it is prepared, this garden is prepared for Al-Muttaqeen. Al-Muttaqeen comes from the word Al-Taqwa. And Al-Taqwa means consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always having awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word Taqwa comes from the Arabic root word Waqaya. And this means to hold something tight. And it also means to memorize something, it means hifth. If you look up the word waqaya in, in an Arabic dictionary, it's gonna say hifth, meaning memorize. Or to hold something tight. To hold something precious to you, lock it away in a safe, so nobody knows the combination, nobody has the key but you. So we use that to understand how we should think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives. He should be the first thing and last thing that we think about throughout our days. A taqwa is living with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many of us schedule our days around what time prayers are? Rather than scheduling our daily activities around prayer. Which one do we prioritize? Do we say in our minds, hey... I have a meeting at 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock is, is uh, Asr time, I'll be in this area, is there a masjid close by? Can I push the meeting back because maybe this masjid they pray a little later? Throughout our planning of our day, do we have Allah in our minds? Do we think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who think about Him all the time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next ayah reveals, gives some characteristics of who these type of people are so that perhaps we could be one of them. Perhaps we could attain this high level. The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي الصَّرَّاءِ Okay, we're coming back to dunya. 
We're coming back to this life. Those who give from their wealth in difficulty and in times of ease. In times of difficulty and in times of ease. Whether they're drowning in debt or they're rolling in money. And they don't know what to do with their money. Doesn't make a difference. They still give. They still give. They give. They give sadaqah. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about a sadaqah? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about a sadaqah? مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ حُفَاضِعِ كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَنْبَتَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِلَةٍ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِئَةُ حَبَّةٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the example of one who gives sadaqah, who gives charity, is the example of him planting a seed and having the plant grow. The plant grows seven branches. On each branch, a hundred fruit. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies as he pleases. He multiplies as he pleases. So this is the benefit of a sadaqah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says later on in those ayat throughout this passage of ayat I'm not talking about these ones but the ones about the sadaqah He says qawlun ma'rufun khayrun min sadaqatin yatba'uha ada Then he says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tubtilu sadaqatikum bil manni wal adha Okay so he says a good word telling your brother mashallah you look good today giving a compliment is better than sadaqah if your sadaqah is going to come with either reminders or harsh speech hey i let you borrow five dollars the other day man remember that you know i gave it when you didn't have money i gave you money i looked out for you this is not good and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says if you're going to do this rather just say something nice don't give sadaqah. Rather, just say something nice. Don't destroy your sadaqah bil manni wal ada. Either reminders or harsh speech. Now, not to diverge too much, but Allah, uh, the Prophet says in a hadith, "Inna Allah tayyib, la yaqbalu illa tayyib." That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure and he only accepts that is pure, the stuff that is pure. So re remember, when giving sadaqah, we give sadaqah, so your sadaqah will be accepted if you have pure wealth, halal money, gaining money through halal means. Or you give something that is halal to begin with. For example, water is halal, alhamdulillah. The drink that is haram is what? Alcohol. Can I give sadaqah and say I'm giving, I'm giving somebody alcohol and say this is sadaqah, this is charity? Helping a brother out? No. It's not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know? So make sure that whatever you're giving, that it is something that is allowed. Don't help your brother in any way in doing any sort of bad. 
Allah says, and don't help one another in evil and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't help one another in that and don't think that you're helping somebody by guiding them or aiding them to some, an evil act. Right? Even, even in law, right? There's, there's a punishment for aiding and abetting, right? In Islam, same thing. You get some of the sin. So don't help one another with haram. Also, another option is giving a loan. Let's say you can't give sadaqah, صح? You don't have the ability to do that. And you want to do more than, you know, just say nice words. Okay? There is another option. It's called al-qard al-hasar. It's the good loan. No interest behind it, right? <laughs> of course. You don't say, hey, I let you borrow $100. Bring me back one, $105. No, huh? So, and the Prophet ﷺ said about this. Prophet ﷺ said about the loan that is mubah, that is allowed. He says, man yuqrid qardain he says, whoever gives out two loans, it is, it is like he gave out, he, like he gave sadaqah. He will give, get the edge of sadaqah. Okay? I let two brothers borrow $100, $100 each, $100 each. It is, I get the edge as if I gave away $100. So this is another option. This is another option. And loans take the same hukum, the same ruling as sadaqah. Okay? Meaning, you can't give loans with haram wealth or something that is haram. You understand? I can't say, hey, I'm going to let somebody borrow something that is haram to use anyway. So those are just the simple rulings about it. But not to diverge too much, giving sadaqah is good. And we should urge one another to give sadaqah. A lot of our masajid, they, are, they wouldn't be standing without the sadaqah from the ummah. Right? They wouldn't be standing without the charity of us. The, all of us work together. We work hard. We go out there. We work hard. Sometimes put in overtime. And we put our money here in places like this so we can find peace and a better meaning in this life. We put our money in the masjid so we can bring people to the masjid. And the masjid can be a place of peace, prosperity, and brotherhood, and love. Alhamdulillah. So, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي الصَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ so those who give when they're struggling and when they're succeeding. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ means to con those who control their anger. Those who control their anger. A man came to the Prophet wasallam, very famous hadith, and he asked the Prophet wasallam. he says, Usini, he says, give me advice. Prophet ﷺ told him, La taghdar. And he repeated it. He said, Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Why? What do people say when they apologize after they do something out of anger? I was out of my character. Right? You hear this a lot, right? I was out of character. When you're angry, it's an opportunity for shaitan to take, your, take advantage of the, the state and the moment in time, the small window he has, where you're out of character, where you'll normally do things with, that you don't do. 
or you'll do things that you normally don't do. He'll take advantage of this to make, to make you so angry and push it so, so that you do something bad. So it's better not to take yourself to that point and do whatever it takes. If you're standing, sitting, if you're walking, stop, if you walk away, do something. Okay? The Prophet ﷺ said in, in another hadith, لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ بِسُرْعَةِ إِنَّمَا الشَّدِيدُ الَّذِي يَمْلِكُ نَفْسُهُ عِنْدَ الْغَضَبِ So, he said strength is not in the ability of what somebody can do. It's not within the ability of what somebody can do. I can pick up five tables, that's my strength. He said true strength is what? The person who can control his anger. The person who can control his anger. He says in another hadith, So let's take those two hadith into context. That the Prophet ﷺ said in this, this hadith, he said this, the real strong ones, the true strength is controlling your anger. Then he said in another hadith, the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the weak believer. So what is he saying? The one who can control his anger the most. And the scholars have said about this hadith that it means strength in every way. Strength in iman, strength in aql, strength in your jism, strength in everything, in every way, shape, and form. In your ilm al-dunya, ilm al-akhirah too. And your profession, whatever your profession is. That, as long as it's something pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it's something allowed for you to do, Islam encourages us to be the best at what we can be with the ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us. If you're a lawyer, be the best lawyer and never tell a lie, never, never cheat anybody and do the best you can because you can do a lot of good work as a lawyer. Same thing with a, as a doctor. It doesn't always have to be that, um, that you serve Islam in the masjid. You can serve Islam in other ways. You can serve Islam through our profession. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave all of us unique qualities that He didn't give it to anybody else. Find those strengths, strengthen those strengths, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love you for it. Have a strong mind. Have a strong heart. Be strong in your iman. Don't let your iman waver based off situations, based off whatever the case is. Be strong. Whatever happens to you in your life, this is Allah's decision. It's not going to make me pray any less. I'm going to pray more. Because now I need it. I'm in a tough situation. But some people buckle. Some people change. Some people switch up when things go bad. In Surah Hajj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there's some people who worship Allah on an edge. On an edge. So they're on, they're on the fence with things. This is a common term we use, right? Somebody's on the fence, that means they haven't made a decision. Correct? When somebody's on the fence, that means they haven't made a decision. Right? So they're like, if things go good, alhamdulillah, I'm Muslim. Things go bad, they, they switch over. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about these type of people, خَسِرَ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ That they lose in both dunya and akhirah. They lose, they lose in, in, in this life and the next. 
So let's not be one of them. Let's be one of the strong believers. Those who control their anger. And those who forgive. This is really hard sometimes. Forgiving. Some people, they wrong you in, in ways that is, you know. Some people cross the line. But the strong believer, Al-Muttaqeen, they understand that just like somebody did something wrong, I may do something wrong one day and I would want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. And I would want that person to forgive me too. So, وَلْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who constantly do good. Not just do good once, constantly do good. The tafsir of this ayah, the tafsir of this ayah can be better explained in a story. And this story happened to, um, the main character in this story is Zain al-Abideen. Anybody in here know who Zain al-Abideen is? No? Okay. You know? MashaAllah. Who is he? Uh, companion of the Prophet Sallallahu The great-grandson of the Prophet Sallallahu Now, so his real name is? MashaAllah. Ibn? Hussein? Ibn Ali? Radiallahu anhu. Radiallahu anhu ajma'in. So, Zain al-Abideen, his real name is Ali Ibn al-Hussein Ibn Ali radiallahu anhu. So who is he? He's the grandson of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Great-grandson of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Right? So he's the son of Hussein, which is the grandson of the Prophet Sallallahu And his grandfather is who? Ali radiallahu Okay. So Zain al-Abidin, he had somebody who worked for him once. He had a young man that was working for him, that was under him. And this young man, he was serving him food. He prepared food for him, he was serving him food. As he was bringing the food to him, some of it spilled over, it might have been the water, it might have been uh, the cup of water, or some of the food, it may have been a stew, or with, um, they used to eat a lot of stew with bread, like uh, meat stew, you know, with vegetables and stuff like that. So it was very common at that time. So maybe some of that came and spilled on, on his clothes. He saw him get angry. He saw Zayn al-Abidin start to begin to get angry. And then the young man, through his wisdom, recited this ayah. He says, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضِ He said, and those who control their anger. You see, he tried to get himself out of trouble, you know. <laughs> he said, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضِ Those who control themselves, control their anger. How did Zain al-Abidin respond? He said, He said, خلاص, I'm, That's it. My anger is done. I controlled my anger. خلاص. It happens. I'm over it. Then he continued. The young man continued. He says, الناس, And those who forgive, those who forgive the people. And then he says, He said, I've forgiven you. Okay, خلاص, I've forgiven you. Alhamdulillah, yeah, I've controlled my anger. I forgive me. Because there's a difference, right? There's a difference. 
Somebody can control their anger, walk away from a situation, but they didn't forgive that person. They can still hold it in their heart, right? But it's better to what? Forgive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, not to get off the story too much, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in uh, another ayah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? If somebody wrongs you, you have the right to do what? Wrong him in the same manner that he wronged you. Okay? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you bear patience, it's better for you. If you bear patience, it's better for you. Okay? So, Zain al-Abidin, not, not only he, bared, he, he, he bore patience, but he also forgave him. And then he finished the ayah, the, the young man finished the ayah, he says, Wallahu yuhibbu al-muhsineen. He said, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who do good. And Zain al-Abidin said, you're free for the rest of the day. Yani, you're free. You're free. Khalas. You don't have to work anymore. Imagine if your boss tells you you're, you're, you're off for a week or something like that. And it's not like you still get your pay and everything. For, for no reason or something, something like that. After you, you spilled some soup on him or something. <laughs> Subhanallah. So it's, it's the, the, the muttaqeen, the, the description that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to describe here. You know, there's people before us that used to live this ayah this way. That used to really practice Islam this way. that used to really have tadabbur al-ayat, you know, they used to really ponder upon the ayat and apply it to their lives. And they lived by it. So whenever they would hear the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would act on it automatically. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and he says, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ And he continues to describe the people of At-Taqwa. وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً Those who, if they commit a fahisha, we'll explain what fahisha means. أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ Or they oppress themselves. So basically in this context, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the person who sins. But... I want you to uh, understand something. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ Those who oppress themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Quran, وَمَا ظَلَمُونَا وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oppresses or does no one wrong, but we do ourselves wrong when we sin. Okay? So this is the context that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking in. And al-fahisha is any sort of indecency. That is the best uh, translation of it. Many mufassireen say that al-fahisha, fahisha, and dhalamu anfusam because they come in the same ayah, because they came together in the same ayah. Al-fahisha means kabair sin, and dhalamu anfusam is sagair sin. So what does that mean? The major sins, and then this is the minor sins. But fahisha usually usually um, means things of indecency, like zina, like shudud, like stuff like that. Things, that. things that have, that are indecent in nature, that you wouldn't want anybody to know. 
and that is it's like um it usually it usually means like sexual immorality you know you wouldn't want anybody to know you wouldn't want to do it in public or anything like that you know so al-fahisha usually means that but the mufassirin have said in this ayah it means kaba'ir sin and sagar sin and wadalamu anfusam bisagar sin dhakarullah okay dhakarullah they remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they remember who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ So they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they feel regret. And what do people do when they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They make tawbah, they ask Allah for forgiveness. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately forgives their sin. وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُوا الذُّنُوبِهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks a rhetorical question here. And who will forgive other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who will you go to for forgiveness other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one you disobey, so he should be the one that we run to for everything. For forgiveness. And for everything in general. Um, I don't want to diverge too much, but in Surah Fatiha, everybody knows Surah Fatiha here, There is an ayah, perhaps the most important ayah in Surah Fatiha. What does that mean? Only you, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we worship. And only you, we ask for help. Only you, we ask for help. Okay? Only you, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we worship. And only you, we ask for help. Does that mean I can't ask my brother for help? Any of my brothers here? Does that mean I can't ask any of you guys for help? But I can only ask Allah? What does it mean? So what does the ayah mean? I mean, the ayah says, Only you we ask for help. Only you we seek help from. It means that we go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. We go to Allah first, before anything. We make dua, then we do what we need to do to solve our, solve our problem. Okay, you're sick, you have a cold, Make dua that Allah cures you because Allah is in control of everything. Doesn't matter what doctor you go to, doesn't matter what medicine you take, the medicine won't take no effect unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows it to take effect. So we ask Allah first. Then after that, we do the things that we need to do. You know, you're sick, make a doctor's appointment. Get some over the counter medicine. You know? Have your mom make some tea or something like that. You know, that's what we do, right? <laughs> Bismillah. And then we take, we take, uh, we eat honey and probably mix with lemon and. Take a nap or something. And alhamdulillah, we feel better. So we do what we need to do, but we ask Allah first. We go to Allah first. And that's the idea here, right? That's the idea in this ayah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the question, Like, who else will, will you go to for forgiveness other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know? And what's, uh, the reality of the situation is, a lot of times we don't realize this until we commit a sin. So when we commit a sin, especially when it's like uh, a sin that nobody else knew we did and we feel bad about it and only, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows and then we ask Allah for forgiveness, that's when we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we say, oh Allah, only you can forgive me and get this sin off of my back and solve this problem, which is kind of unfortunate, right? 
We should be going to Allah for every situation. You know, every situation. Some of you guys are young here, mashallah. You guys might be in college, you know, probably thinking about what to major in. You should ask Allah. Ask Allah to guide you to the thing that will bring you the closest to Him. Perhaps if you major in something, it could take you down a path that leads you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ask Allah to lead you down a path in life. It doesn't have to be your education. In life where it would be pleasing to Allah and pleasing to you as well. This is very important. And they, al-israr, al-israr means two things. Means two things. It means that the person doesn't make tawbah for their sin, doesn't go back to Allah, doesn't ask Allah for forgiveness, or it means that they continue doing it. So one of the two. Okay. Or it could mean both together. It could, mean, it could mean a combination of both. So these people and muttaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing, after they do something, whether it's a small or big sin, they remember Allah, they ask Allah for forgiveness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives them, and then they don't continue the action, and they always make tawbah. Okay? They always make tawbah for the things they did, and they don't continue the action. Or again, al-israr could be a combination of both. وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا Upon what they do and they know they did wrong. So that's another indication. There's another very important point. Let's say drinking water was haram, for example, right? And I didn't know it was haram and I drink water. Do I get the sin for it? I didn't know, right? So I get excused, correct? But if you do know, then you're held accountable. And if you do know you did something wrong, make tawbah, ask Allah for forgiveness, don't go back to the sin. And always make tawbah for everything you did. Small, big, doesn't matter. Astaghfirullah, Allahumma ghfirli, make dua, sincere dua. وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, أُولَٰئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ So those people, those people that follow these characteristics, جَزَاؤُهُمْ their reward is مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مَغْفِرَةٌ is deeper than عَفُو What is عَفُو? What is Afu? Everybody know? Anybody know what Afu means? Afu is forgiveness, right? Afu is forgiveness. And by the way, you might wonder, when people say, when people speak in Arabic, when they say shukran, what do people say? Afuan. Why do they say Afuan? If it means forgiveness. It's part of the respect of the Arabs. You know, what they, you know why they use this word? They say, sorry, I couldn't do more. Sorry, I couldn't do more. See? <laughs> when you study linguistics, wallahi, you find things that are like amazing, and uh, and it's uh, and you start to appreciate, you know, cultures a little bit more. And that's something that I that I uh, came across my years in Saudi. So I found I found that out, and I was like, wow, Subhanallah, that's that's amazing. 
you know the the mindset of the people just the mindset of the people when people somebody says thank you to you you say sorry i couldn't do more for you that's deep alhamdulillah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all that mindset um so afu is forgiveness right maghfira is something deeper than forgiveness it's forgiveness also with concealing the sin forgiveness also with concealing the sin and in this context, what, is, what do we mean by concealing the sin? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers that sin for you in this life and in the next. In this life and in the next. When you're judged, when you're standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah is saying, you said, you said and you did this, you said and you did this, other people won't hear. But some people will hear the things of, that people have done. Okay? So... Maghfira is deeper And when we ask So when we're, when we're making dua We should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for maghfira Not just for regular forgiveness But forgiveness on top of that Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceal this sin from me I don't want anybody to know that I did this I don't want the people to know So conceal it Keep it between me and you The Prophet said in a hadith Kullu ummati mu'afa illa He said all of the people are all of my ummah, all of my ummah are forgiven except for Al-Mujahideen. Who are Mujahideen? Anybody know? Yes. The ones who sin openly. So when you sin openly, what do you do? You're basically pronouncing to the world that, hey, this is okay, and I'm not ashamed of it, right? Yeah, you're not, you're not ashamed of it. So you're actually guiding to haram, correct? We're guiding to haram in the openness. It shows lack of humility and lack of shame. And Mujahid is a person who also not doesn't he just he doesn't he doesn't just do it openly, but he also talks about it. He also because the so a, the best example for this is you know we call. Uh, the prayers Fajr, Maghrib, Isha Fajr, Maghrib, and Isha We call them Salat al-Jahriya, right? Why do we call it Jahriya? Anybody know? Fajr, Maghrib, Isha What do they all have in common? We say something out loud See, see the word Jahriya means to say something out loud Mujahid comes from the same root So to say it out loud, to pronounce it Hey, I did this and that And you know And, and some people have a Subhanallah. See, the, the culture sometimes, everywhere in the world, not just here, but everywhere in the world, the culture sometimes is the cool thing to do is talk about what you did. The cool thing to do is talk about what you did. You know? And this is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Because the moment you talk about what you did and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered it for you, the Prophet says that Allah is not going to forgive you for that. Very dangerous. Yeah, well, uh, you made toba after that regarding the, the opening the sin. Is that forgivable? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. So you, of course, so, and, and of course, if you didn't know before, you know, if you didn't know this was a bad thing before, and you used to just talk about your sins openly, you know, and then they would, um, you know, subhanAllah, scholars, when they, they would avoid even talking about their jahiliyyah 
to even bring a point to somebody. Because you know, when you're trying to advise somebody, usually you say, okay, maybe I can give this brother advice because he's in this situation where he's doing haram and I was there and Allah saved me. So I, they would even be hesitant to even say, hey, I was there so I understand your situation. They wouldn't even be hesitant to say that because they were fearful of, of, this, of this situation of not being forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa So maghfirah is uh, something we should ask for rather than just plain forgiveness, right? Maghfiratun min rabbihim. وَجَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا And they have jannat. Jannat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, jannat is plural, right? It's not just one garden, multiple, multiple levels of jannah, right? Multiple levels of jannah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what? Jannat al-Firdaus, the highest one. Okay? تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ And have rivers flowing from beneath them. So rivers, we, we have a, um, uh, examples of rivers in Quran, right? Surah Muhammad. So Allah subhanahu wa said that he described four rivers, rivers of water, a river of water, a river of milk, a river of, of khamr. It's halal, okay? Alcohol, but it's, it's wine, but it's halal in Jannah, alhamdulillah. Everything's halal in Jannah, right? Uh, and honey okay alhamdulillah so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be give us the ability to benefit from those or drink from those uh, rivers insha'Allah anharun okay khalidina fiha and they will be in there forever wa ni'ama ajrul amilin and the and what a blessing the reward of the doers this is very important okay to do, to act. It's very important. We can't just say we believe as Muslims and leave it at that. Have to pray. We have to put effort in our prayer. Put effort in everything you do. Remember what we said. You know, the strong Muslim is the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the most. Right? So put effort in everything you do. You know, uh, there's this, there was a famous saying that a lot of my teachers used to say throughout my years in the university. And it's a saying among, amongst the Arabs, and also it's a principle within Islam, it's consistent with the teachings of Islam. They used to say, al-jaza'u min jins al-amal. The reward is from the efforts of your work. The efforts of your work. It comes from, it comes from how bad you want it. How bad you, 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 how much time you put in, how much effort you put in, you know? Somebody who prays at the front line is it the same as somebody who caught the jama'ah by a few seconds? He came at tashahud. Is he the same? No, the other one gets more. More ajr, right? The one who prayed in the front line gets more ajr. Right? Go back to the, let's go back to the ayah. Who gets more ajr? The person who was in, uh, who was struggling, who, who gave sadaqah while he was struggling, or the one who gave sadaqah while he was, alhamdulillah, comfortable. His life was... Good. You know, business was good, life was good, and it was, it was easy for him to give sadaqah. So who gets more ajr? The one who was struggling, of course. Al-jaza'u min jins al-amal. You know? For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, in this same surah, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ 
okay mimma tuhibbun okay to kind of understand this a little bit better allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that somebody would not reach al-birr and i'll explain what al-birr is until they give from what they love okay so from what they're giving in sadaqah they give what they love okay so I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to donate my old thobe, I'm going to donate my new one. Okay? If I'm going to give my car away, I'm not going to give my old one that has a lot of problems away, I'm going to give my new one. And it's hard to do sometimes. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the ones who give from what they love, from what they hold dearly. Right? And al-bir can mean four different things can mean four different things. And in this context, in this ayah, it means Jannah. Al-Bir means Al-Jannah. So these people, they don't reach Al-Jannah until they give from what they love. Okay? And Al-Bir can also mean Ta'atillillah. What does that mean? Following or being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى Right? Guide to the following and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't guide to the opposite. The opposite is what? Disobedience and evilness and all that. Okay? Bir can also mean, could it mean obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Could mean Jannah because this ayah means Jannah, right? And it could also mean. Fi'l al-khayrat, doing good acts. Doing good acts, like the actual physical actions. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ Right? أَن تُوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ قِبِلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ So he goes off on a list, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes off on a list of physical actions you can do. So these are physical actions that you can do for um, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Physical good actions And it could also mean Ihsan al-Akhareen It could mean um, Being considerate Being good to The community as a whole Okay And also in the context of Birr uh, al-Walidain This whole principle of Birr al-Walidain This is where it came from, right? Birr al-Walidain The word Birr is here For Walidain Parents And it means Being good to your parents, right? Doing acts of good to your parents, for your parents, being obedient to your parents, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like in, in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The person won't reach Jannah until they give what from what they love. And to summarize quickly because we're going into closer to the time of, uh, I don't know how much time I have, like in, it seems that we're getting closer to the time of Aisha. To kind of summarize, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encourages us to compete with one another to al-khayrat, to his forgiveness, to his jannah. You know, you see, you see one brother praying sunnah after salah, it's okay to say, hey, I'm going to pray sunnah too. I was going to leave. I actually have something to do, but you know what? I can sacrifice two minutes. I'm going to pray sunnah because I see my brother doing that and I want to be at least as good as him. And I want Allah to, to, you know, I want to be on his level, you know? So Allah is encouraging us to push one another 
in competition to his mercy and his forgiveness. And then he says that al-muttaqeen are the people who what? Give no matter what situation they're in. They control their anger, right? They forgive people, and they always do good. They're always looking to do good. And if they commit a sin, they do what? They commit a sin, major or minor, they remember Allah, make tawbah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives them right away. Okay? And what else do they do, do, they, do they not do? They always make sure that they don't go back to that sin. They always make sure that they at least make tawbah. They at least make tawbah or they don't go back to that sin. You know? Some sins can be addictive, be repetitive. You could be in a, in a community where everybody's doing the sin and the people around you. That's why it's important to have good company around you. You know, the Prophet ﷺ says, That the person is upon the deen of their best friend, the person that they hang out with the most. And subhanAllah, you know, a couple of years ago I saw this study that said that, you know, and not only will you start talking like the person you hang out with the most, you'll pick up their language or their lingo. You would also pick up the pattern of their laugh. It's also possible for people to even mimic the pattern of somebody's laugh, subhanAllah. We do this subconsciously though. It's not, it's not something we're doing intentionally. But because you hang out with this person every single day and you guys are best friends and whatever the case is, you could emulate them in every way, shape, and form, and that could be dangerous if you don't pick the right ones, the right friends, the ones who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ones who hold you accountable, the ones who hold you accountable, you know? That's the harsh friend, right? The one who tells you, hey, you're wrong. But, wallahi, that is the most beloved friend. That's the realest friend you can have. You don't want a yes man around you. You don't want that. Somebody who's always telling you, yes, you're good. Go ahead, do it. Doesn't matter if you're doing good or bad. They tell you, they cheer you on. You don't want that. Abadan, you don't want that. You want the guy that's going to hold you accountable. Or for sisters, the girls who's going to hold you accountable. And always guide you to good. And then we had the, exa the example of Zayn al-Abidin. The person who embodied this ayah, embodied the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who put it into practice. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us even a quarter like him. Insha'Allah. Even reach his level by a little bit. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهِ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ In Surah Anfal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the true believer, the true believer, الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهِ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ Their hearts start to tremble. Their hearts begin to tremble. Their heart begins to beat fast. They hear the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They understand the magnitude of these, these are the creator of the heavens and the, and, and the earth and everything. My creator. He's speaking now. He's speaking now. Okay? So let me take into account what he's saying. وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ And when... The ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is recited to this person, Zadathum imana. Their iman increases. Their iman increases. 
And wallahi, this will not happen to anybody unless they are from the muttaqin. They are the people of Ahl taqwa They are the people who constantly remember and observe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their minds and hearts at the beginning of their day, at the beginning of their day, and at the end of their day. They put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. Anytime they're making a decision, anytime they're going somewhere, anytime they're doing anything, is this what Allah loves? Is this what is best for me? They ask themselves that question all the time. Be one who asks yourself the que that question all the time. In good situations, in situations where you think, okay, you know, I'm just going throughout my day, everything's normal. And also in tough situations, in tough situations, in situations where you'll be tempted to do something, right? Where you're tempted to do something. Can you remember in that moment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you and he's aware and he sees and he hears? And do you have the ability and the strength of Iman to ask yourself this question as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran? Ask yourself the question, is this better for me? Or is Jannah that is prepared for Al-Muttaqun, the people who have taqwa? Is this small enjoyment or whatever I'm going to do right now in this moment better for me? Or is Jannah what is waiting for me better? What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for those who remember Him da'iman all the time, throughout their day. What's better for me? This is a question that we should always, always ask ourselves. I think the time of Isha is near. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, what time? 9.15? Inshallah, we'll, um, uh, inshallah, we'll make this time a discussion period. I want to hear from you guys. I, I, I consider myself youth just like you guys, just like the most of the brothers here. So inshallah, if we can have like a discussion, yani, for the rest of the time here, that would be very beneficial because I would, I would love to hear from you guys, your input, what you think. Um, if you have anything to say, Bismillah, yalla. Anyone? Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. May Allah bless you. What's your name? Suleiman, mashallah. Our brother Suleiman, he, uh, he says Jazakallah khair. And I say Jazakallah khair to you guys as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you khair as well. Alhamdulillah. Barakallah fikum. Anybody else? Yes, that's a very good question. So, uh, what's your name, bro? Uh, Ilyas. Ilyas, mashallah. It's my uncle's name, mashallah. 
So, um, alhamdulillah, Elias asked a very, very important question. And he said, um, how can we balance the ayah of, um, you know, the principle of controlling your anger, along with not letting anybody step on your toes and disrespect you and also um, degrade you in a way and for you not to walk away feeling some sort of shame, right? Wallahi, I would say it really depends on the specific situation. My personal advice would probably de depend on the specific situation, but I'll tell you this though. It's better, and I know this is hard, it's especially when somebody disrespects you and makes you feel less of a man and all of that. It's better to just forgive and take all those thoughts out of your head. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, that one of shaitan's, his goals and his aims is to make you as the believer sad, make you depressed, make you feel like you're nothing, make you feel like you're less than a man. You know who you are, you know, be strong, situations happen, don't let that make it clear to the to the to the person who, who disrespected you in that way that you will not tolerate that again. But that's the most you can do, you know. Um, and it's always better to forgive, although you have the right, as we mentioned, to retaliate in the same manner that the person um, harmed you. For example, somebody slaps you with their right hand on the left side of your face, right? They strike you right here with the left side of your face on the left side of your face. You're allowed to strike him with your right hand to the left side of his face, the exact matter with the exact velocity and all of that stuff. So it, 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 in Islam, it's like that, you know? And, uh, but what's better? It's better to forgive. It's always better to forgive. And the thing is, you know, one of the virtues of uh, patience in our religion and of Islam is when you bear patience in situations like this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards you without enumerating the, re the reward, right? We know that every, every good deed counts as what? All right? How much? Ten, right? Ashari amthariya, right? And every bad deed counts as? Counts as one. It counts as one. So what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about, there's two things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about, uh, there's two actual acts of good that you can do that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't put a number to. Anybody know one of them? Anybody know one of them? Fasting, okay? The, the Prophet sallallahu said in a hadith, this is hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi means that the Prophet sallallahu is quoting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay? He's quoting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not his own words. He says, فَإِنَّهُ لِي He's talking about Psalm. Psalm, fasting, right? فَإِنَّهُ لِي For indeed it was for me وَأَنَا أَجَزِي And I will reward for it. My reward for it is, is up to me. Don't worry. When you come and you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will reward you with a number that can't be enumerated. Okay? Ten, you know, and we, we know that in, in Quran, right? Every harf is, counts as alif lam, Alif Lam Mim is not a harf, but Alifun Harf, Walamun Harf, Wamimun Harf. So every harf you get, Ajr, you get Hasana. So then, and then you get it times 10, right? So just the, the Alif Lam Mim counts as 30, Alhamdulillah. 
But the other thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I want you guys to pay attention to this, the other thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he didn't put a number behind is he said, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ he said that the reward of patience will be rewarded without account. Without account. You know? So just remember that in your head and try to bear patience in whatever situation it is. And know that, you know, somebody doing wrong to you in some sort of way, Yani, is not the worst thing in the world. Right? When we put things in perspective sometimes, we tend to bear more patience. Okay, somebody said uh, uh, something bad about me. Like, let's say somebody said I look ugly. I know I don't look ugly, but let's say, alhamdulillah. But let's say somebody said I look ugly, right? Hurt my feelings or something. I'm not trying to belittle your situation, though. But, or if there's, no, never mind, but your question. But um, let's say, yani, um, somebody said that about me. Okay, people talk about that, but People said worse about the Prophet ﷺ. People have done worse to the Prophet ﷺ. As the Prophet ﷺ was praying, you know what they put on his back while he was making sujood? Intestines from a camel. So they have degraded the Prophet ﷺ, his humanity and his manhood. They tested everything and they tried to kill him. So who are we? You know, when we put things into perspective and we and we and we understand, hey. This happened to the Prophet ﷺ, so who am I to think that I am free from it? Who am I to think that I am safe? Who am I to think that nothing would happen to me and everybody should respect me? No, you will find people that will disrespect you, find people that will harm you, you will find people that will hurt you. One of the best people in the world were killed unjustly. Okay? Yahya was killed. He's a prophet. His life was taken from him. Not his money. Not his wife. Or anything. Not his business. His life was taken from him. So who are we to think that, you know, nothing could ever happen to us and we're untouchable. So when we put things into perspective like that, we tend to calm down a little bit and we tend to have patience more. And we understand that it's shaitan's plan to make us angry and to put these things in our heart. So if any of those thoughts enter your mind and say, okay, I forgave the brother, but man, I can't believe he, I let him do that to me. Nah, don't think like that. Don't think like that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Okay, very good question, very good question. So, um, what's your name, brother? My name is Austin. My English name is Austin. Austin. Uh, Hasif. Hasif. Okay, mashallah. Good to meet you, brother. So, mashallah, he asked a very important question. Prior to Islam, he was working, you were working, right? Working. Okay. Dealership? Okay. Um, and you would like encourage people to to uh, finance the car and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what the 
Interesting. Okay. Mashallah. And, and that, that's definitely what I would advise, you know, um, because the the Prophet Sallallahu said in a hadith about this, this is a very serious situation. It's not like a major, it's not a minor sin, it's a major sin. He said that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has cursed four in this situation, right? Al-Bayi' wal-Mushtari, wal-Shahid, wal-Katib, okay? And th those might not be the exact words he used in the hadith, but this is a... Uh, um, a summarized version of it, okay? So basically, he, he said that the, the buyer, the seller, the witness, and the writer of the contract, okay? So the witness, so we can't do any of those four. We can't sell riba, uh, interest-based loans, whatever the case is, even if it's an object, a subject, like a, like a, like a car, right? Even if, it's, if, if it, does, it doesn't have to be money, you know, it could be a car. So we can't, we can't sell it, we can't take it, and we can't witness it, and we can't be um, the ones writing the contract. The ones writing the contract. Now, let's say you're none of those. Okay? Let's say you're none of those. But you work at a dealership. And let's say you just encourage people to take that deal, but then when the deal is happening, you go away and stuff. It's still ta'awun al-ithmi wal-urduwan. It's still aiding and abetting the situation. I would advise that you do your best to find another job and to get yourself out of that situation. But if your job is the means of sustenance for you to live and take care, that's how you pay the bills and that's how you put food on the table. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Do what you have to do until you get you find another another way out. You know? Because um, there's a principle in Islam and it says Adururiyat Yabih al Mahdurat. So the yani the the hajat of the people, the, the needs of somebody, right? It allows things that are originally haram for you to have them temporarily. For example, if I'm starving in a desert and I find a dead animal that has not been slaughtered correctly or whatever, or let's just say pig, okay, pig, and I and I and I'm on the verge of death, I'm allowed to eat that to keep myself alive because my life is at stake here. You know, and the your livelihood. If your livelihood, if, if this is this is to keep you, you know, to make sure you're not homeless, you know, if this is paying the bills, and this is putting putting food on the table, I wouldn't recommend you, recommend you walk away without another plan. You know, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. See, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا And those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah finds a way out for them. وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِرُ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he gives them from ways they never saw before. From He finds a way out for them, and He provides for them in ways that they never foresaw. Maybe, maybe subhanAllah, this situation, I don't know the details of the situation, but this opportunity probably came to you out of nowhere. You probably didn't understand where it came from. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works in very miraculous ways. 
Alhamdulillah. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I think it's time for salah, right? I think I went over time, sir.